On today's episode of the State of the League podcast, Blake Combs and I will talk about the Mavericks' chances inside the bubble, um, potential playoff matchups, and we'll give our picks for the end-of-the-season awards, such as MVP, Most Improved Player, and Coach of the Year. Welcome to the State of the League podcast. I'm Josh Gamble, and I'm joined by Blake. Say hi to everyone, Blake. Hello. We just got finished watching the uh, second map scrimmage in the bubble. Um, it was a loss, 118-111 to 111, to the Indiana Pacers. Blake, what did you take away from that game? Uh, that we really need Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and also that uh, missing Powell and Brunson is going to be honestly a lot bigger of a problem for our depth than I thought it would be. Um, you just mean as far as like the rotation? Like it seems like we're going to have a pretty, pretty thin rotation as it sits right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I guess I is a little ignorant on my part, but I just didn't think about going into this restart just how much, um, how much they brought to the team and how much depth they added by being there. You know, like you said, we're just really thin in terms of any type of offensive output. On the from the bench without either one of them, uh, the Powell created so much uh, offensive gravity or you know whatever you want to call it, and uh, so many points just from rolling so hard to the rim. And Brunson was kind of like our new JJ, and then you take them away, and it, and really like today, Boban was essentially our go-to in the in the second unit, which is fine. I mean he's super efficient, but in the current NBA, you know having having to dump it down to a guy as you're main option at any point on the uh you know <laughs> in the game it's not necessarily the uh the ideal situation but so when i'm looking at the yeah i agree when i'm looking at the like rotation it's going to be so we for sure are going to have you know hardaway finney smith uh kleba curry Doncic in the rotation um delon Wright, you got to figure is going to be in that trey burke that's seven guys. I guess um, Boban's going to be in that rotation too. Maybe Justin Jackson. That, that's nine guys. But when you get to, you know, if you have to use Justin Jackson, I mean, defensively he's a liability, and and offensively he's been pretty bad this year. We know he's capable of making shots, and um, apparently he's got the best floater that Rick Carlisle's ever seen. But um, I just don't know how efficient he's going to be. You know, if you know hypothetically we we'll put the Clippers in the first round. And Justin Jackson's out there. That's not necessarily the your go-to guy, right? Sure. And that's that's the other thing too about the defensive liability. You know, I mean, we really don't have much scoring punch coming from our second unit, which would be fine if we had a bunch of stoppers, but we don't. It's like Boban, JJ, and Justin Jackson, all three in their own way. You know, really big defensive liabilities at, at this point. Certainly in JJ's career, um, Delon's really the only guy that that um, brings any kind of defense to the, to the second unit. So it just all the way around, it seems like, you know, without, without Powell or Brunson, our, our second unit's just kind of, kind of rough to watch so far. Of course, these are just, you know, the first couple scrimmage games. I don't want to get too carried away or anything, but we'll see how it works out once we start the the real games. So let me ask you this. Is this the JJ Barea farewell tour? It might be, man. As much as I hate to say it, as much as it pains me, I, I've JJ is like my third favorite Maverick of all time, personally. Like it's Dirk, Jet, JJ. So it really hurts me to say it, but 
he just he can't even get around anyone anymore, man. I mean, it's tough. It's really tough. He's still yeah, he, he's got the savvy and everything. He's still super clever and you know gets gets dimes and whatnot. But man, to it, it's it's tough because the whole strength of his game was always just being quicker than everyone since he was so small, and he just he can't he can't get around anyone. Yeah, he's lost that quickness with the Achilles injury, and you know he's getting up in age. I think he's 36 now. I think it's time to hang it up. And and I I refrained from putting. Uh, putting J.J. Barea slander on my timeline today. I really wanted to, but <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. I mean, I might would have doesn't deserve any slander. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. locked he locked down LeBron in the 2011 Finals, um, and just for that alone, he doesn't deserve any slander. Exactly. He uh, he he should have had the 2011 Finals MVP if we're being honest, but that's another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think about the Christoph Porzingis not showing up to his COVID test? I was disappointed, but I, I honestly, it sounds like something I would do. I, I forget crap all the time, so I couldn't really blame him. Uh, and uh, you know, it could have it could have been something worse, as we saw in the <laughs> in the news with a, another NBA player. If you want to talk about that, are you talking about uh, Lou Williams? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, his gentleman club escapade. Well, so he left apparently for a funeral. Like that's what that, the reason he left. He said it was for a, for a funeral, and he posted. So I'm first of all, I'm not trying to call him out. And and if someone in his family died, like you know, I pray for peace with his family and everything, all that. But like that's yeah. that's terrible. Absolutely. But. Who goes to a strip club? Like, who says, okay, well, I'm going to go on my way back. I guess I'm going to stop at this strip club. And yeah, it just does, something doesn't add up. And he didn't post the obituary of the uh, alleged deceased person until after he was caught in that Instagram picture with Jack Harlow at a club. I, it seems, it seems iffy. Like you said, I really don't want to, you know, accuse anyone of, it, of anything or you know accuse someone of making it up but it's well what did he, didn't he come into the league like straight out of high school when was he 18 yeah okay so yeah, he so. doesn't have any experiences with, for with making up excuses to miss work like i'm an expert at this point so you know i would have come up with something better than that <laughs> first, but well, yeah i i just don't know man like i said and then jack harlow i don't know if you saw this jack harlow tweeted that that was an old picture of him and Lou and um, yeah. somebody else pointed out that that was the mask that they gave out to every NBA player in the bubble. And so Jack Harlow then deleted that tweet and then just like, what? Come on, like, just stop. You know, you're caught. I mean, just sit out your, you know, I guess it's a 10 day quarantine now, Yeah. which is kind of interesting because that means, that means Lou Williams is going to miss like the first, I think the first two games of the bubble, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely the first one against the Lakers. And that's a big game, too. Absolutely. And that's a problem for a team that really has had absolutely no continuity whatsoever throughout the entire season between Kawhi sitting out and Paul George sitting out and, you know, all the various, whether it was load management or injuries or whatever they've had, that they really haven't. I forget the number. It was literally like I think in the single digits of number of games that they've had everyone together this season. And 
of course, for those few games, they were like unstoppable. But, you know, it's uh, him him missing two out of eight games. is just not going to not going to help that at all for him. So we'll see how that affects him, I guess. Okay, I saw somebody tweet this, and I kind of agree with it. Someone said um, it'd be the most Dallas Mavericks thing ever if Lou Williams misses like the first one or two games of the bubble, and the Clippers lose those games, and they slide down to like three or four, and the Mavs move up to like you know we want to move up in the standings. <laughs> yeah, and we move up five we're still playing the uh, healthy Clippers team at like uh, the six versus three or four versus five seed. Yeah. That I'm actually depressed you brought that up because now I believe it's probably going to happen. That would be the most Mavs type of luck. Ugh. And now I'm, I'm depressed about it and it hadn't even happened yet. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the one team, I, you know, I, that's like the one team that I don't want to play. I mean, obviously, there's some oh, good yeah. teams like Nuggets are good and the Jazz are probably going to be good even without um, Bogdanovich. You know, the Lakers are good, but. The Clippers are the sure. one team. I don't know about you. It just seems like that's a bad matchup for us. I think I'd rather play the Lakers than the Clippers. And I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that. But No, I totally I totally agree. I think we played the Lakers very well for the most part uh, all throughout the regular season and all of our matchups with them. Uh, beat them once, um, with the exception of that one game in Dallas that was one of the worst officiating games I've ever seen. We, we actually played the Lakers really well. I think we match up decently with them. Uh, the Clippers just... They've got three or four dudes that can just get after anybody, and they just throw body after body after body at Luca, which is which is really tough, you, you know, a tough obstacle to overcome, and um, especially without a second elite playmaker. Um, I, I I agree. I don't I don't want to see them at any point in the playoffs. I hope somebody else takes them out because <laughs> uh, yeah. that that'd be a well, tough match, of course. Yeah, and like you said, we beat the Lakers once. We got cheated on that Danny Green corner three that, you know, on the other game that we should have won. Yeah. And Seth got held by Dwight Howard. Yeah, I was there for that. That was a that was something else. That was a rough. That was a fun game, but it's unfortunate we lost. Yeah. Yeah. And that's now that would be one reason though that, you know, if we're talking about who'd rather play, I I would almost rather play the Clippers just because of the incessant amount of calls the Lakers seem to get <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Speaking That's of the you know, White Howard hold, I mean, it's just it's out of control sometimes. Even in the scrimmage when we played them the other day, there were some iffy calls. It just I don't know. There were. I don't I don't like playing against them because <laughs> they it seems like it's eight on five half the time. It's pretty rough most of the time. So yeah. Moving moving on, so our first game, um, you know, we played the Sixers, I believe, in our next, in our third and final scrimmage. That's on Tuesday, July 28th. I mean, there's not much to say about that. It's a scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to be a game where I'd be surprised if we see Luka and KP play um, yeah. more than 20 minutes or anything like that. It's probably just going to be kind of, a, you know, a warm-up game, trying to see who's going to be the, the seventh or eighth guys in the rotation. Maybe Trey Burke will get some time with the team. But um, on Friday, July 31st, is our first bubble game, our first official bubble game against the Rockets. So what do you, how do you foresee that going? Well, I think, uh, I hope it goes like uh, the game at the end of January when we went up against them and, and Luka didn't play and uh, KP just murdered them. 
you know, uh, I, I think with the with the way they've leaned all the way into not even small ball, it's like micro ball. I mean, what like, like they got Westbrook basically playing center. Uh, I I really like our our match the way we match up against them. Honestly, um, I I think we have a very good chance of winning that game. Uh, not not to slight Houston or you know act as though they're not a good team or anything, but with with Luca and KP uh, together, I, I I just like our chances against them. I, I actually um, I might would rather get a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I might would rather face them honestly in the first round than any other team in the West. I, I just I think that the whole small ball thing is really going to come back to bite them, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think Houston's a team that I would much rather play. I mean, I'd rather play Houston than in, um, I don't know, Denver or Houston would be a tough one to, to try to choose from. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we do, I think we do match up well against them. Uh, and their depth is going to be something that's going to be interesting to see as well. You know, they don't, like you said, they play that small ball with P.J. Tucker, I guess, is going to be guarding KP. Um, that'll mm-hmm. be something interesting to see. Uh, but as it sits yeah. now, we'll, <laughs> we're going to be playing the Clippers. Yeah. It's, we Hopefully, honestly, I wouldn't mind going up against Utah either um, without – Without Bogdanovich, I think that's going to be a huge, huge miss for them too. I, I really do. Yeah. And the, well, and with the him kid- gone, yeah, with him gone, they're really going to have to, like you said, uh, you're about to say, I guess the chemistry has been kind of suspect with them, especially. Yeah, well, since Rudy um, Gobert, the Gobert, yeah, the, <laughs> the Gobert and Mitchell thing is going to be really interesting to see. Um, and then, of course, we know Conley struggles this year. So that's mm-hmm. something else that's going to be, you know, if 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 Conley can't replace the productivity and scoring that Bogdanovich added, then it's, I don't know if the Jazz are going to be, I, the Jazz might be who we want to see. You know, the Jazz are the Rockets, like you said. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there's nobody really that concerns me, honestly, in the West outside of the Clippers, the obviously the Lakers, just because they're, you know, the Lakers and they're a good team. And even the the thunder because of their late game execution this this year they've been one of the best if not the best late game you know crunch time teams in the league in large part thanks to Chris Paul and we've been one of if not the worst out of all the playoff teams in in crunch time this year um i actually think they'd be a really bad matchup for us i, I really hope we don't end up having to face them yeah and i'll say this too um, Chris Paul has been really great for them, and I have always been a Chris Paul hater. I've hated Chris Paul since he was with the Hornets, and he killed us in the playoffs, like, back in whenever that, <laughs> that was. That was awful. 08, 2008, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 2008. I was like, is that, yeah, it wasn't 07. That was another bad year, but. <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't speak of that. That never happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've always hated Chris Paul, but this year I've, I've grown a lot of respect for Chris Paul. I don't know what it, I don't I don't know. I guess because he's stuck it out with them and play with those young guys. And then everybody thought they were going to be a lottery team. And Chris Paul really has them. I wouldn't say they're contenders, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won a first round matchup for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's something else, man. I mean, um, like you said, what he's done to help that team in a year where everyone thought they were going to you know be 
bottom of the West. It, it's really speaks to how great of a player he really is. And I, I like, like you said, I struggled with Chris Paul over the years. I've, I was a fan of his game for a long time, never a huge fan of him necessarily, but, you know, I've had trouble with the fact of, you know, people like all the people on Twitter who try to say he's the best point guard of all time or whatever, you know, just get carried away. But he, he really is and has been for a long time such an amazing player and, you know, one of probably one of the top 10 point guards of all time. I mean, he really is that good and, and the effect that he's oh, had on that's that. that's when it's top 10. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. But you remember when you said Steve Nash was better than James Harden? I do remember that. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was that sparked some interesting conversations. <laughs> it did. It did. We won't go into that because that'll be a, a two-hour podcast. But um, <laughs> so is there is there is there a matchup in the West that you want to see? Not it, it, just excluding the Mavericks. Oh, just like for, see? just like for fun, just like in a first yeah. round matchup. Um, I mean, I guess the the obvious one would be, um, you know, like a, a Lakers Clippers matchup at some point. I, I just think that would be awesome. I really, I kind of got talked into this over the last um, few days listening to some other people. Talk about the a sleep, you know sleepers in the West. Um, I really am to the point where I really really hope that Portland get, sneaks in as the eighth seed. They win healthy. They went to the conference finals last year, you know, in 2019. Yeah. They're a very good team. Dame is. You could make an argument one of the top five players in the league. I don't know that he's that high, but he's. I mean, he's incredible. And they have a really good team. They've just been ravaged by injuries. And now all their guys are back. If they snuck into the eighth spot, I think they they could give the Lakers some serious, serious problems. I think that could be so, a great first-round yeah. matchup. So I said this about two weeks ago. I actually tweeted it. You can check the receipts. I said that I thought if Portland made it to the eighth seed – I don't think I wouldn't put my money on them beating the Lakers by any means. But I I wouldn't if somebody told me like the okay the Blazers beat the Lakers in seven games. I mean that's not really that that's not that crazy of a notion, especially considering um, we don't know how how long Rondo is going to be out. Uh, Avery Bradley's gone. Um, mm-hmm. You know yeah. It, that's the thing they have nobody to control Dame or McCollum at this point, right? I mean it's. Like who, who's who do they, who do they have that's going to be chasing them around? Like KCP, I mean, those guys would just torch them most likely. Yeah, and the thing is, if Nurkic is back to his, I mean, we don't know how Nurkic is going to play, mm-hmm. but if he's anything remotely close to how he was before his leg injury, and Zach Collins is apparently improved, I mean, he looked good in his scrimmages for the most part. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I mean. I know that that's a the big matchup there is kind of tough because you have JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis obviously going against those guys. But I mean, Nurkic was a borderline like, you know, he he was a he was about to be one of the best bigs in the league, not the best, but I mean, he was on his way to be, you know, arguably one of the best bigs. I feel yeah. like, yeah, and, for sure. 
Um, I mean, they're they're going to be a complete team, and then you have Melo. You know, Melo's going to play hard if if he's going against LeBron. Um, yeah, that's true. I didn't even apparently Melo factor. Yeah, and apparently we have skinny Melo now, who's in better shape. He's in the best shape he's been in in, in years. So, <laughs> uh, like I said, I tweeted that if they make the eight seed, they could give the Lakers a scare, and, and I don't think they were. I don't think they would beat the Lakers, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And I, I could, can you imagine how much easier? of a road we'd have to the finals as, you know, as Dallas Mavericks fans, if Portland beat the Lakers. Oh my God. Yeah. That would be, we could, I could, at that point I could easily see us in in the, in the conference finals, you know, I mean, depending on the, you know, as usual on the matchups and everything, but yeah, that would be, that would just open the, open the West up even more so than it, than it already, you know, was considered to be this year. Um, Yeah. I mean, there, there, there are, I think the West, like you said, it's wide open. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I think the Clippers and the Lakers are clearly better teams when when healthy. But like we talked about, any, you know, anything can happen. Utah, uh, Utah, Denver, they're both good teams. The Thunder, Rockets, um, if the Blazers get hot. And I'm not sure exactly the stipulations of what has to happen and who ha- how many wins they have to have and how many times Memphis has to lose to make it. Um, do you know how many games behind uh, the Blazers are? Well, I've, if I remember correctly, they're only three and a half back right now, and I think you only have to be within four games of the eight spot to get into that playoff game or, or whatever it is they're doing, you know, between the the teams fighting for the eight seed, because <laughs> because the NBA, you know, they wanted Zion to to have a chance so badly to get in the eight spot. They might- <laughs> They they made it that way where it's like you you know you can you can be four games back and uh, and get into that playing game and and like I said I'm I'm pretty sure if I remember right that Portland's three and a half back right now and so they only have to win like I think like three out of the eight games or something like that and uh, and their first game's against Memphis and so you know that that becomes a super important game you know depending on how that yeah. um you know. They they win that and then all of a sudden you know they they got a, a a legit shot. Is it really only four games behind? I'm I'm pretty sure that was the, that was that was the rule. I I I should have I should have looked that up before we got on here. Yeah, and I feel I feel very yeah. unprepared that I didn't look that up before we started. Um, <laughs> I think that was the rule, man. Was within four games and and you get to be. Well, they're the, already the within four games, so that they just maintain right. that. I 100% would take my chances uh, of the Blazers versus the Memphis Grizzlies if the Blazers are 100% healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're. I mean, if they're if the Blazers are healthy and they're right there in the mix, I don't think there's any question that they're easily the best team out of them, Memphis, and New Orleans. Like, I, I would pick them out of that bunch seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, so, you know, actually, I would actually, I wouldn't, I would go to, as far to say that the the Blazers have the best chance of making it at the eighth seed. I mean, is that crazy to say? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, uh, it really the 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 big factor is is Dame and his just his his drive man and his leadership ability i think and 
of course, I mean, just the overall talent on the team, but considering that they're right there, you know, um, and Dame said he didn't even want to come if, you know, if they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs and, you know, so they got him down there. And I think, uh, (laughs) I I think they're, I just don't see him letting them miss the playoffs. If that, I I know that sounds corny, but you know, I, I really do think that I agree with you. It, they they should be the favorites to get that eight spot defi- despite the fact that they're not technically in the eight seed right, right now. Well, and even, and even if they have to play, even if Memphis maintains their record and 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 they have to have a play-in game in Portland, I think so. The way it works is I'm pretty sure it's isn't it best two out of three, but the eight eight the actual eight seed at that point is a, gets a game um, in their favor to start it out. Like either I can have yes. a one game handicap. Yeah, I believe I believe. So that. like, yeah. So like, if if Portland didn't make up the the necessary games and just take the eight seed by default, they'd have to win two games in a row against the Grizzlies. Right. They're playing. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that would be fun. Yeah, that would be awesome. Of course, you know. I don't know if the NBA would think so. They're counting on Zion doing that. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this: If Zion got his team into the eight seed and they're in the playoffs, eight seed, would you would you put would you put um, Zion as would you think he would have run a rookie of the year, or is it John Morant? Hundred percent. You know, I. I I would have, if that would have happened, I would have cons- given him consideration, except for the fact that the league announced, you know, just a few days ago that um, only the up to the stoppage is going to be considered for the awards. So whatever that was, March 11th or whatever. Um, so none of the restart is actually going to count towards the award voting. Um, so I think that's oh, yeah. okay, yeah. sign on out. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he, if he had you know, drug them to the playoffs. I imagine he probably would have won rookie of the year, frankly, just because of the, the Zion effect for lack of a better term or the, or the media effect on the, on the, um, the oh, narrative. Of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're already looking for any reason to give him, you know, the rookie friggin' Colin Cowherd the other day said he was rookie of the year, even though he only played 19 games. I mean, the dude, the dude was incredible in those 19 games. His stats are off the freaking charts. I mean, if he stays healthy, it's very likely he'll be the best player out of that class. But it's it's pretty pretty freaking inexcusable to to give it to him over John Morant, uh, considering that they're not going to take any of this restart into account. I, in my personal yeah. opinion, I, I just don't see how you could not give it to Ja. And he played John Morant played forty more games than Zion. That's half a season. Right. Right. <laughs> That's so disrespectful to John Morant to absolutely to even consider Zion. I don't care if Zion came out in 19 games and averaged 30, 10, and 10. John Morant played 59 games and has a, a team that everyone thought was a lottery team as the eighth seed as it sits now. And that's right. just so that, that's so disrespectful. I mean, I mean, there was there was the Memphis could have been dead last in the West this year, or even you know had. Maybe even the worst record in the league, and nobody would would have been surprised. No one would have batted an eye. And people 
you know, again, a lot of the national media and stuff talking about, like you said, like, ooh, if Zion drags the Pelicans to the eight seed, it's like, well, well, Jod did that. <laughs> he drug his team to the eight seed. So everything you're talking about, if Zion could do, like, Jaws actually doing it. It's just that he's not the guy you want to be doing it. So you're not giving him the credit he deserves for it. Like, he, it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, it's, it's like he yeah. is what you're wanting Zion to be in, in a way, I guess. Uh, anyway, I, yeah, I just, uh, it, it's and at, yeah mental gymnastics to, you have to do to not give <laughs> to give it to Jot this point. And, and the and the thing is for me here's the way I look at it a different way um, I don't think you're wrong but the way I look at it is Zion isn't even right now isn't like the number one option on his team Brandon Ingram has been the number one guy all year yeah and and so if anybody wills him to the playoffs unless Zion just starts scoring thirty a game. Um, it would be Brandon Ingram who got them to the playoffs, in my opinion. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. You know, Porzingis is like the second best guy on the Mavericks, but people don't say, you know, Porzingis willed the Mavericks into the playoffs. You know, it was it was yeah, Luca who ultimately did that. That's a good point. You no, know, obviously good. it's a it's a team game, but at the end of the day, I mean, right? It would be kind of silly to say, okay, well, here's the second best guy on the team, and he got us to, this, to the playoffs. It's just kind of a weird narrative to push for a guy who they want to be rookie of the year. Right. No, I get what you're saying, but it's amazing that what uh, the power of flashy dunks and shoe deals will do for <laughs> for a player. Right. So while we're so I think we've already pretty much established who our rookie of the year would be, and that's John Morant. While we're on the subject, let's kind of talk about who we think are the awards are going to go to. Um, okay. Who, who would you have for MVP? Uh, honestly, I don't, I, I couldn't, I feel similar on this one as I did about the rookie of the year, just in the sense of, I don't see how you could not give it to Giannis. Like I understand the whole LeBron thing and the narrative and he should have, ha- he should have more MVPs than he does already, but that is what it is. You know, he's been great. He's fully deserves to be the runner up. But Milwaukee, if it, if it was a full season, they were on pace at one point that might have even still been on pace by the time the season ended. I, I, I'm not sure what their record ended up being. They were on pace to reach 70 freaking wins like they were having one of the best seasons of all time. And absolutely no one talked about it in, in you know, in in the media. It was just like. All, the only time they would bring Giannis or Milwaukee was about some made-up scenario in the future when he leaves to go to Golden State or L.A. or New York or some crap. It's, it's like yeah. they were <laughs> – Or Dallas. He, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, ho- hopefully. No. <laughs> he he was averaging absolutely absurd freaking numbers. What was it, like 30 and 13? 30 and, and 12. 13, yeah. yeah, 30 and yeah. 12, man, and like 30 minutes a game and sitting whole fourth quarters and like – and they were on pace to win 70 games. I just I I get the LeBron thing. He's been incredible leading the league in assists for the first time and at his age what he's doing at his age we've never seen before. It's amazing and he's still probably the most the best player in the league when it comes down to it, but Giannis is just on another freaking level, man, right now. He's he's an alien. I I just I would I would feel sick for him if, if they gave it to, to somebody else because I just – I think he deserves it. So you think if um, 
if LeBron wins it, it's like a narrative thing again. Same as like with Zion. Yeah, I do. And and not to say that LeBron doesn't deserve it, but I don't think he deserves it more than Giannis. I think it would be a lot like the Zion thing. I, yeah, I think it'd be more of a narrative thing. Okay, I, I agree with you. I think it should be Giannis. And like you said, it's not that LeBron doesn't deserve it. Deserve it. Giannis is just having a historic run. Um, yeah. Best team in the league. I think he's the most important player to his team. Um, mm-hmm. That's nothing against LeBron. Where do you think, let me ask you this, where do you think Luka will finish in MVP voting, if at all? I I have a feeling he'll probably end up fourth or fifth, even though I think he probably should finish third before behind those two guys. Um, I, I I don't know. I the way the way things go, the way people talk, I, I have a feeling James Harden will probably end up finishing ahead of him, which I would rather strongly disagree with. But um, uh, and although I I, for, I keep forgetting that the restart isn't gonna play into it, I was gonna say if Dame drags Portland to the to the playoffs, you know he might could even finish ahead of Luka, but um, I don't know. I, to answer your question, I guess I think he should finish third. I think he might finish a little lower than what he deserves. Yeah, I think he'll finish fourth too. I 100% agree with what you just said. Is I think he would be my third vote if I had a vote for some reason. Um, mm. But I think Harden will probably get the the third. You know, will be finish third in voting. Yeah. And people yeah. people argue that like the seventh seed Mavericks, like when I've brought up Luca MVP votes before, they're like, well. I don't think Lucas should be MVP. I think he definitely deserves some votes, you know, not first place votes. Mm. But people talk about how, oh, he's a seventh seed. Um, you know, he's a seventh seed on a seventh seed team, and that doesn't yeah. deserve it. But when you people like were super happy to give it to Russell Westbrook in, you know, 2016 yes. or 2017, I mean. And they were, weren't they a seventh seed that year? I believe so. I know that they were like just over 500, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with that, man. Um, and and we might, he might not finish seventh, you know. Like I said, I mean, we, they could end up fifth seed or something, you know. In, in which case, I don't know. I guess that's usually they don't give it to anyone who doesn't at least have home court advantage. So I mean, he's he's still not. It's not like he's going to win it or something, you know. Might not get any first place votes, but. Yeah, to discount it just because he's the seventh seed when, I mean, it's it's been proven in the past that doesn't necessarily matter. That's just kind of a silly argument. Yeah. Um, so I think we both agree with the honest. So who do you think should be most improved? I'm going to suppress my homerism and not say <laughs> um, <laughs> uh out, I mean, so outside of Luca, you know, if, if they were to go that route, it's pretty much got to be Brandon Ingram or Siakam, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I would say Brandon Ingram. Um, yeah, I, I think Brandon Ingram would be my vote. Um, I think there's a couple others. I, I think honestly, and I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but Luca does make a really good case. I mean, he went from not making an All Star team to probably being, if not first team All NBA, then definitely second team All NBA. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he I had. Mean, that's they, a big. Yeah, that's a massive jump. They showed a graphic today during the the scrimmage that um, in the history of the entire league of all the guys that have won Rookie of the Year, he had 
he has the third biggest points per game jump from his rookie of the year season to his second year uh, behind, I think it was Bob McAdoo was first and Rick Barry was second. Uh, he's, oh, they don't even count. That's way too long ago to even count. <laughs> okay. Okay. Luke is automatically first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Like it's like a seven point jump, right, or eight point jump? Yeah, it's like seven and a half points, I think. And that's not that's even counting crazy. the assists and the and the rebounds. You know, I mean, he's he's literally averaging what twenty eight nine and nine or something. I mean, it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so let me. Do you know? This is kind of a stupid question. So we've talked about how the bubble play doesn't affect MVP voting, but do bubble mm-hmm. stats, do they count? Like, so if hypothetically, I mean, I'm not trying to sound ridiculous, but hypothetically, let's say Luca comes out and scores 40, 12, and 12 every game, and then he ends up averaging a 30-point triple-double. Does that, does that count towards his, like, actual, like, those go in the record book stats or no? Or is it just like these I mean, are the bubble stats? I think I think it's got to, right? I mean, I would think because these these last eight games count towards. I mean, you know, they really count. So I would think the stats would count. I I don't know though. That that's a good. I, shout out to uh, our guy Mike Bibbins who uh, talks about this and how he's gonna absolutely shatter his kid's mind one day when he tells him to go back and look at the stats from this season and <laughs> try to decide what. <laughs> <laughs> figure out what happened <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so, um so most improved you, your pick is brandon ingram that's your final answer I have, I, i'm i'm really i really want to you know what no i'm going siakam I, i'm going siakam i am i'm taking him over ingram wow again because Kawhi left yeah two two time Two times. I'm, I'm going to him again, man, because Kawhi wow. left and they've still stayed there. You know, they're what the second seed in the East. I mean, yeah, that is he's been their best player and had a huge points per game jump. Uh, really upped his game. I mean, that to me is just incredibly impressive. And I know the whole team. It was a championship team. They still have Lowry and Ibaka and Gasol and all these other guys. It's not like it's just Siakam, but uh, the fact that they've been able to maintain essentially their, their level of play, at least in the regular season uh, with him having to suddenly become the guy is very impressive to me. Um, I, I wouldn't fault anybody for picking Ingram. It, if you twisted my arm, I might change my mind, honestly, but I, I think I got to go with Siakam. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's going to be the hardest award to give away this year is the most improved because I think Luca, Brandon Ingram, um, Siakam, you know, I, I think he makes a legitimate case. And then another guy is uh, Bam Adebayo, I think, makes a really solid case oh, for yeah. most improved because he, I mean, he doubled his points per game. Um, his defensive prowess has improved dramatically. He upped his rebounds about like three and a half rebounds a game. Um you know, his playmaking increase by double. I think his assist numbers doubled. I mean, he's been somebody who also probably deserves it, but may not win it because of how many players improved this year. Yeah, yeah, it's a packed field this year, man. And, and uh, really, that, that award is fairly often one of the more difficult ones for people to decide because there's 
you know, guys are always working hard in that league and always improving. But the, yeah, it's 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 uh it's unusually difficult this year. It's going to be whoever wins it's really going to deserve it. Yeah. So, um, defensive player of the year. Oh man. Um. God. I really. I really don't know, honestly. I, I'm i trying to be outside the box because I'm sick of it going to just a big that blocks shots every year because um, right. there's so much more to defense than that. Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the voters get really lazy with that particular award every year. Like, um, but I, I'm I don't going, know. I think – I'm going Giannis for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, okay. Oh, that'd be man. You know what? I I could see it, and I, I wouldn't be mad at it. That'd be man. That'd be a heck of an accomplishment. You know who the only other two guys to do that ever are are uh, Jordan, Michael Jordan, and uh, Hakeem. So that would be yeah. A I knew Hakeem had yeah. yeah. Wow. Good fact, yep. Blake. You know what? I'll just uh, piggyback. Another- I really. I don't want to see another big man win it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think another two other players that could make a, a solid case um, are Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo as well. Which um, Bam can guard just about any position. He can, mm-hmm. you know, switch on the guards, kind of like how Maxi can, but even better. And I hate to say it, but um, yeah. you know, Maxi can switch on the guards and uh, play them pretty well. And block shots, and, and Bam's kind of the, in the same category as that, but just does a little bit better. Yeah, Bam really is so, kind of a maxi. I never really thought about it that that way, but you're right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't so, be mad at uh, he He has a legit case, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Giannis, too. Okay. Uh, sixth man of the year. Is it Lou Williams again? Uh, see... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of like defensive player of the year for me. It's like I really don't want to see him win it again. So <laughs> honestly, his teammate has a legit case over him this year, man. Uh, Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, yeah, I think he. Yeah, I agree. He's got to finish top three at least. Um, for a while during the season, I really thought Maxi was building the case. Honestly. Really. Um, yeah, I really did. With I thought uh, I thought the game where he really put his name into the into the hat Ooh, you know? i know which one you're gonna say i know what you're gonna say <laughs> the zion game yes oh yeah, my gosh yeah, yeah. on national tv and he shut that dude down for a whole game with some help from chris Stapps, of course but you know i was yeah. like all right that's it he's he's got to be in the discussion um i i really don't think he's gonna win it don't know that he should honestly but um uh it's probably going to be one of the Clipper boys, to be honest. I'd probably give my vote to to Montrez. That's a, not a bad pick. Um, I think that it's like going to be pretty much equally sp- split into three different players, and I think it's going to be Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, and Dennis Schroeder. Oh, Schroeder, Schroeder, yeah, he's had, a good, he's had a great year for them. I, I kind of forgot about him up there in OKC. Yeah. Um, and I think... He might win it just because, like we said, I think the voters might get lazy and like, okay, we're tired of, of it being Lou Williams. Let's give it to somebody else. Not, to, not yeah. to say that Lou Williams doesn't deserve it, but sure. um, 
it's just kind of like LeBron, how, you know, there's been like 10 years where LeBron probably deserved the MVP, but I, I just think that they try to keep it, like, just spread the award around a little bit. Yeah. Well, and also, because OKC has been such a surprise, they're probably going to want to give an award to them. You know, I mean, they kind of awarded Chris Paul an a all-star trip because of how well they've done. So they may decide, you know, like you said, since Schroeder's in the running, they might just kind of award it to him as a reward for the the team in a way, you know, for them overachieving. And then uh, the last one is uh, coach of the year. That's like, that's a little bit subjective. I guess I could go in so many different directions, but I'm going to say Nick nurse. Um, Just like you said, the Raptors are the second seed. Even after Kawhi Leonard left, they really didn't get anybody else. I mean, you know, their best player is Siakam, who was just the most improved player. I think Nick Nurse, you know, at that second seed, you know, I thought the Raptors were going to be still a playoff team, but maybe like a five or a six seed this year. But, I mean, they're a second seed and and playing really well. I I think Nick Nurse probably deserves coach of the year. Yeah, I I agree with that. He'd be my pick. He's so quickly become one of the top coaches in the league and, and, you know, in discussion for the top coach in the league. I I don't remember anyone ever. uh, I I guess Avery Johnson would have been the only other one that I remember like instantaneously becoming a top coach. Of course, then he fell off really quickly too, but um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I would have to give it, uh, I think to nurse or uh, I think Billy Donovan, you know, to go the thunder out again. I think he really deserves some love, especially after, all the criticism he got um, when Katie and, and Russ, you know, were still there together, um, which I think we see now him and uh, Scott Brooks deserved a lot less hate than they got. It was really more of just Katie and Russ playing the way they play, but that's a whole nother yeah, discussion. Sure. Day, but, yeah. I've yeah, I never thought about the Donovan. I've never thought, I haven't thought about that, but that's a really good, um, that's actually a good idea. I think Donovan, is a good choice. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Yeah, I think he should get some love for it. But, all right, well, that just about does it. Is there anything you want to tell the people before we log off? Our thousands of Uh, listeners? Yes, to our millions of fans across the world. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) We we hope to keep building our fan base. Uh, Like Josh said, this is our our first time together. Going to keep improving, hopefully, and uh, see how far we can go with this thing, and go Mavs, hashtag MFFL. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the State of the League podcast. The Mavericks have one more scrimmage. That's against the Philadelphia 76ers on Tuesday, July 28th at 7.30 Central, and then the first bubble game is actually going to be against the Houston Rockets on Friday, July 31st. Um, We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, after which me and Blake talk about the game against the Sixers. Hopefully we can get a W, even though it's only a scrimmage game. I hope you guys have a good week, and we'll see you soon.